Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. How many of you have heard of the Dirty Dozen? Have you heard that before? Remember the movies out years ago called The Dirty Dozen? Well, tonight I'm not going to give you The Dirty Dozen, but I'm going to give you The Holy Dozen. Everybody shout the holy dozen. Come on, shout it again. He said, but what is the holy dozen? You'll find out. Father God, we thank you for this time together. And Father, I ask that what you've given me for this hour, when I go out one ear and out the other. But Father, tonight it will fall upon good ground. And for your glory, it will bring forth much fruit. 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. In the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said together, Amen. This sounded good, you better say it again. Amen. If you've been around here for the past 20 years, you've heard my testimony, or snippets of my testimony. I was a rascal with a capital R. I was evil, vile, corrupt, raunchy, perverted. And those were my good points. As a young man, I got in trouble time and time again. From the, from the time that I was nine years of age to the time I was almost 20, I was arrested for so many different things. In fact, I was arrested 45 different times. Numerous DWIs. I don't drink anymore, praise the Lord. I don't smoke, drink, dip, chew, cuss, gamble, chase ugly women, or vote Democrat. Come on now. <laughs> Lighten up. <laughs> I'm not for the elephant or the donkey. I'm for the lamb. Come on now. And the line of the tribe of Judah. But after years of bitterness, anger, and rebellion, in and out of reform schools, city jails, county jails, the state penitentiary, something happened to me. I got gloriously saved on a Sunday night. Thank God for services on Sunday night. And two days later, I went back to court. And I could have got 40 years going back the second time in the state penitentiary. But God worked some miracles. How many know he's a miracle-working God? And I got out of prison in five months. I got saved two days before I went to prison. One month in prison, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. We're the evidence of speaking with other tongues, and I haven't stopped since. And while in prison, sitting on my bunk in a cell block with about 400 men, he called me to preach. He said, son, I want you to preach my gospel. I said, but Lord, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. He said, good, I can use you. And I got out of prison 
And I'll never forget the day I got out of prison. It was the first Monday of August of 1972. And I went home that day and all my brothers and sisters were there. Their spouses, my nieces and nephews, they were going to throw a party for me. A welcome home Uncle Danny party. I was used to partying all those years, but this is a different kind of party. It was a Pentecostal party. I'm talking about fried chicken <laughs> and banana pudding. But I spent time with my brothers and sisters, my mom and my dad, and heard the Lord say to me, what about me? What about me? What about me? I excused myself. And I went upstairs to the upstairs back bedroom. I feel it now, church. And I knelt down before the Lord. And I started saying, Lord, in five months, you've washed away the sin of my life. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm saved. You've delivered me from all kinds of habits and addictions. You heal my body. You fill me with the precious Holy Spirit of God. You call me to preach. I look back five months before that time. And I saw how lost and undone I was. How bound I was. I was on my way to hell. I looked around, I saw some of my friends, some that I knew before I went to prison. And in the five months I was there, some of them had died. They never dosed on drugs. Some had been murdered. Some had been sent to prison themselves. And I said to myself, Lord, I don't want to go back. Let me ask you a question. How many of you don't want to go back? What's back? Nothing but lack that rhymes. What's back but confusion and heartache and troubles and trials and woes and calamity? A life of sin and filth and degradation. But I said, Lord, I don't want to go back. Tell somebody, say, I don't want to go back. Tell them. Tell them again, I don't want to go back. I said, Lord, I don't want to go back. And he spoke to me so clearly and said these words, Son, if you do these things, I tell you now, you will never go back. He said, where were they? He gave me the holy dozen. Twelve things God gave me on that Monday afternoon. First Monday of August, 1972. You say, what were they? Are you ready for them? Come on, church. Mark these down. Write them down. Number one, stay in love with Jesus. Some of them in the body of Christ, they're in love with everything else. They're in love with the church of the living God rather than 
the living God. And so many, you think that what song written by the Righteous Brothers was just for them. You've lost that loving feeling. And Jesus said in Revelation 2 verse 4 to the church at Ephesus, I've had something against you because you've left your first love. I want to say this. I love him. I love him. I love him. He is the lover of my soul. I thank God for every blessing, every benefit that I have ever received from the Lord. But hear me, I'm not in love with the blessings. I'm not in love with the benefits. But I'm in love with the giver of these blessings, the giver of these benefits. So what do you do? Stay in love with the Lord. Number two, he says, strive. Everybody shout that word, strive. He says, strive to live a clean life. You may blow it, but guess what? He's a God of forgiveness. You don't drown because you fall into the water. That's a heavy revy. You don't drown because you fall in the water. You drown because you stay there. Come on now. Strive, put your best foot forward. You may blow it, you may miss it, but keep on going. Strive to live a clean life. In fact, the Lord said, not one time, but 23 times in the Bible, the Lord says, be ye holy as I am holy. Say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to live right, do right, talk right. Lord, you must increase, but I must decrease. The song was saying earlier from Psalms 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Make up your mind, I'm going to walk right, talk right. I'm going to, you may blow it, and guess what? We've all blown it. You may not believe this, but I have sinned since I've become a Christian. I know that's a shocker. Come on now. And I've sinned since I became a minister. And by the way, these are not angel wings. They're shoulder blades. But you know what? I know this. I may fall, but my God is a God of grace. My God of grace, and he will pick me up. He will pick me up. He will pick me up. He will so keep on. You keep on moving on. Strive to live a clean life, a pure life. Number three, spend time in the word of God every day. The psalmist said, that word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. How many of you love the word of the Lord? How much of the word do you love? All of it. How much? All of it. I love it all the way from Genesis to Revelation. From genuine leather to maps. Amen. I love everyone the 773,692 words in the book. I love his word. I challenge you to get into the word of God like never before. The psalmist said, thy word have a hid in my heart. 
Don't wait till you're falling asleep at night. You've dozed off about two or three times. You're ready to go down for the last count. You say, oh yeah, I need a word from the Lord. I haven't read my Bible today. Lord, what's ahead for me? Honey, I call that Ouija Bible. Come on now, don't do that kind of stuff. You can get in trouble with that. At a high school reunion, after 25 years, this one man, everything had gone wrong for his life. He'd gone bankrupt about three or four times. And the current moment, he was in foreclosure. And there was another classmate there, and he was a multi gazillionaire. But they were both Christians. And so the one that was going down, 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 continually, he goes to the one that was a gazillionaire. He said, brother, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian. How have you done it? Tell me, tell me, tell me. He said, well, it's like this. Every single day I wake up and open my Bible somewhere and I just point down and whatever it says, I'll obey God. It was says cattle. That day I go by cattle and the cattle market begins to go through the roof. Another day I turn over. It says gold. He said, I buy gold. And the price of gold shoots up. He said, won't you try it? He said, I will tomorrow morning. So the next day he wakes up. He said, Lord, what's ahead for me? Show me, oh God. He flips over. Chapter 11. Come on now. <laughs> you can't say it later. But I challenge you to get into the word of God. Do you know if you read at a normal pace, I'm not talking about meditating on each word, but at a normal pace, you can read the Bible, the average person can read the Bible from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 in roughly 58 hours. But I started Genesis 1 verse 1, I'll hang out there for about a week and a half, come on now, Woo! it's so good. But get into the word. Why? Because Job said, I esteem the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. The psalmist David said, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. And Jeremiah the prophet said, Thy words were found and I did eat them, and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You say, Brother Eddie, what do you do? Well, this is what I've done for years. Every month, I'll start off. In fact, I did it today. Every day of the month, I will read one proverb a day. That'll take you through in a month's time. If there's 30 days, I'll read Proverbs 30, 31 the same day. In February, I get blessed. 28, 29, 30, 31. Come on out. I read one proverb a day and five psalms a day. But also the same day, I'm reading through the Bible for Genesis to Revelation continually. I'm on my second time around right now through the Bible this year. But also, I say, Lord, what do you want? For example, yesterday morning for flew here, Lord said, read the book of Obadiah. How many of you read Obadiah lately? Anybody come on? Woo! There's some good stuff there. Come on now. But take the time to get into the Word of God. 
Because his word is spirit and life. His word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. His word is alive. Come on, shout amen. Number four, spend time in prayer every day. I said spend time in prayer every day. Why is that? Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Bible tells us in Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus said, men ought always, how much? Always to pray and not to faint. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 declares, to pray without ceasing. I like the words of Smith Wigglesworth. He said, I rarely go and pray for an hour at a time, but I never go an hour without praying. Come on now. Stay in that attitude of prayer. Number five, walk in love. Everybody shout walk in love. But you don't know what they did to me. Walk in love. You don't know what they said about me. Walk in love. You don't know how I've been mistreated. What? Walk in love. Jesus said in John chapter 13, and by this all men should know that you're my, my disciples because you run the aisles, because you shout, because you speak in tongues. No, because you love one another. Honey, I've been mocked and slammed and ridiculed and put down. I've been sped upon for preaching the gospel. I've been robbed. I've had my motel room broken in on two occasions, robbed of everything. I could have been mad at them, but I said, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in love. Somebody's done you wrong. What do you do? Walk in love. Walk in love. Number six, walk in humility. I know the Bible tells us that we are king's kids. We're kings and priests. We're royalty. We're part of that royal family of God. But church, remember this. Without him, we are nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. Let us humble ourselves. I'm not going to walk high and lift it up. But I made up my mind a long time ago that I'm walk humbly before the Lord my God. Micah chapter 6 verse 8, He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. Let's walk humbly before the Lord our God. Number seven, develop the heart of a servant. Everybody shout a servant. We've not been called to be served, but we've been called to be servants of the Most High God. Jesus said the greatest among you will be servants of all. And remember this, the pathway that leads to the throne room always goes through the servants' quarters. Look at some of the great, great men of God 
the Bible refers to them as servants. The Bible tells us that Joshua was a servant of Moses. The Bible says Elisha was a servant to Elijah. Let's go to the New Testament. Who would you say was probably one of the greatest, greatest apostles of the New Testament? Take a guess. What would you say? Paul. Okay, we'll take Paul, for example. Now, when Paul started writing to the churches, the first epistle was the church at Rome. That's the first epistle. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. How did he start off writing that epistle? I, Paul, a super-duper whooper-whopper in the body of Christ. A mighty man of signs and wonders and divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. A man of mighty dreams and visions and revelations. No, honey, read it. He said, I, Paul, a servant of the Lord, called to be an apostle. Church, listen, make up my mind. We're going to be a servant. We're going to be a servant. You need to come to Brother Roland. Come to Pastor Rusty and others and say, how can I serve here at the church? Make up your mind, you are going to be a servant. You're going to be a servant. Tell somebody, say, I'm going to be a servant. Number eight, stay filled with the Spirit. I won't camp on that. Let's get the tape from this morning. Let us stay filled with the Spirit. Let us stay filled with the Spirit. Come on, church. Let us stay filled and flowing with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Number nine, stay submitted to spiritual authority over you. How many of you want to walk in authority? Come on, say amen. You will never walk in authority unless you are submitted to authority. Now I can say this from the depths of my heart. All these years, I have stayed submitted to spiritual authority over me. My pastors, I say, Pastor, what is it? If I'm goofy, if I've messed up, if I've blown it, show me. I don't want a yes man. I want somebody that'll keep my proverbial. You know what I'm talking about. Come on now. But stay submitted to spiritual authority. Don't say, I can do it my way. I'm best a Burger King commercial. Come on now. But stay submitted to spiritual authority over you. Tell somebody, say, stay submitted to spiritual authority over you. Hallelujah. Number 10, be faithful in your giving. I should have got at least three amens and two holy grunts. I said, stay submitted. Come on now. I mean, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful in your giving and your tithes and your offerings. I was in a meeting last week and God broke out. We went on several extra days. And one fellow came in to me and said, Brother Dan, will you pray for me that I can have a financial miracle? That God will begin to bless me financially. Abundantly, I started praying. Then the Lord quickened me. I said, brother, are you a tither? Well, no, I'm not a tither. I said, then I cannot and I will not pray for you. Because that prayer will be a prayer in vain. And I began to talk to him about the word of God. But be faithful in your tithes and your offerings. 
And for over 50 years since I got born again, I can say this, I'm faithful in my tithe. I'm a faithful, consistent, and diligent tither. There are times when maybe a bill was late here, a bill was late there. Guess what? They stay late. But I pay my tithes. And guess what? I have no bills today. Come on now. Woo! Glory to God. I mean, be faithful in your tithes and what your offerings. Well, I tithe, but I don't give offerings. You see, your tithing will open up the wonders of heaven. Woo, glory to God. But your offerings will determine the measure of blessing that is poured out from the open windows. Amen. I was sharing this with Brother Roland today, this morning. I just got a phone call from a, a young man in South Georgia. Thank God for Georgia. Ooh, I got Georgia on my mind. But he called me and said, can I tell you my testimony? I said, by all means, what, what's going on? What happened? He said, you were at our church the first of the year, and you shared a testimony how you gave an offering of $1,000, and how God turned around and supernaturally blessed your life in different areas. I said, I remember that. He said, when you shared that, and the pastors were receiving the offering, the Lord said to me, son, I want you to give $1,000. He said, Lord, I don't have $1,000. He said, son, I want you to give $500. He said, I don't have $500. With the son, I want you to give $100. He said, Lord, I don't have $100. Lord, you know, I got let out several months ago. My checking account is on zero, below zero. I have no savings account. I'm behind on my mortgage, they're ready to foreclose. I don't have any money. He says, son, if I asked you to give $1,000 and you had it, would you give it? He said, yes, Lord, I would. If I asked you to give $500 and you had it, would you give it? Yes, I would. If I asked you to give $100 and you had it, would you give it? Yes, I would. He said, my son, that I want you to give whatever you've got. He said, Lord, my checking account is below zero. My savings account is on zero. I've got no money in my wallet. I'm broke. I've got nothing. He said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. He said, son, what about that bag of coins and that Ziploc bag and the glove box in your pickup truck? And he had forgotten about that bag of coins you'd had there for the longest. He said, I want you to give that to the work of the Lord. He said, Lord, for me to come in and just give a little Ziploc bag, he said, I would feel so embarrassed. He says, son, what matters is not the amount. It's the obedience. So the service is over, he was telling me. I remember this now. He comes to me. He said, brother, they here. I said, what? He gives me that Ziploc bag full of coins, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters. He said, I'm giving you this because that's all I've got. I got let out several months ago. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. And I said, brother, I can't take this. My heart was saying, you can't take this. But God said, receive it. But pray for him and bless him. I said, brother, 
I receive it now in the name of the Lord, but let me pray for it. I said, Father God, bless him. Bless him. Bless him with another job. The best job he's ever had in his life. Amen. He just called me and said, Brother Dave, I should have called you about three or four months ago. I said, well, what's going on? He said, because the next week, I got a job making four times the amount I had at the last job. Come on, shout amen. Woo! Hallelujah. You can't outgive God. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Number 11, live a life of praise. Let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. Woo! Praise ye the Lord. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning to come to the Lord on a Wednesday night. But I walk around the house, I'm like, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! I've got a praise tape going on all the time. I've got some praise coming from my computer, from my phone. I've even got some praise coming from my CDs. Believe it or not, I've got some old cassettes I like to. Come on. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. It's time to praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the last thing is this, number 12, never give up. Never give up. Come on, shout that, please. Never give up. You may get knocked down, stomped on, walked on, whatever, but make up your mind, I'm not going to quit. Never give up. Never give up. I'm not going to quit. 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 So what are the holy dozen? What are they? Number one, stay in love with Jesus. Number two, try to live a clean life, a pure life. Number three, spend time in the Word of God every day. Number four, spend time in prayer every day. Number five, walk in love. Number six, what? Walk in humility. Number seven, develop the heart of a servant. Number eight, stay filled with the Spirit. Number nine, submit to spiritual authority over you. Number 10, be faithful in your giving, your tithes and offerings. Number 11, what? Live a life of praise. Live a life of praise. Woo! Raise your hands up high and say, hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But the front when you come back, to the keyboard, begin to play. And what's number 12 of the Holy Desert? What is the church? Never give up. Never give up. Everybody shot, never give up. I know there's some needs that are here, but I want to say this to you God is bigger than every need that is in this place. Someone said, But I need God to show up for me and to show up for me in my home my family, my marriage. He's a mighty God. How many believe that? As God supernaturally provided for him with a better job, better benefits, better perks, twice as much weeks of vacation, that's good, and make it four times the amount. Hallelujah. Some of you need a job. Or maybe you got a part-time job done. You need a full-time job. Maybe some of you need a better job. Come on, yeah. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Some of you need healing your body tonight. 
We're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're going to receive communion. Some of you tonight, you will say, but I need an answer from the Lord. You will say, but I need the Lord to give me guidance and direction for some things you're facing, you're dealing with, you're up against, you're going to be dealing with. Let me say this. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. I got a word for you. Everything is going to be all right. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. You've got needs. I got, I got a word for you. He is our Heavenly Father. And He is faithful in His child support. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Can somebody shout amen? But I don't know what it may be. I don't know what the needs may be. Physical, emotional, financial, whatever it may be. But if you've got some needs in your life and you want me as a man of God and the people of this great church to agree with you that God Almighty is going to supernaturally take care of every situation. He's going to divinely intervene for you. He's going to show up, show off, and show out for you. Hallelujah. You've got needs, you want our God, your God, my God, our God to divinely take care of. You've got needs in your life. Whatever it may be, raise your hands up high. I know there's some things I'm believing God for myself. You can pray for me. You can pray for me. You can pray for me. Father God, of the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. I pray for every man, every woman, every young person that is here. Father, you know what they're going through, what they're dealing with what they're facing, oh God, what they're up against. But I know one thing, Father, that you are almighty. You are all-powerful. You're moved with the feelings of our infirmities. And things look impossible. But Lord, you said in your word, behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Father, we take the limits off of you now. I believe, Father God, you're going to answer the prayers of your saints. Many are hurting, they're broken, they're battered, they're bruised. They've been knocked down emotionally. They've been knocked down concerning relationships with the home, their family, their marriage, on the job. Father, I'm asking you to bring supernatural healing to their families, their homes, healing to their bodies, oh God, healing to their emotions, oh God. And Father, you send your word. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. Even as thy soul prospers. And Father God, I'm asking that you would begin to prosper your people. Prosper them in ways that haven't even thought about yet. Prosper them on the job, raises bonuses. Oh God. God bless them in so many ways. You are the God of prosperity. You know how to get it to them. Bless them, I pray in the name of Jesus. From your neighbor need, and all, all of God's people said, amen. Can somebody shout a bigger amen? amen. We're going to be receiving communion right now, so do you have the elements yet? Amen. 
If you don't have the elements, communion elements, raise your hands. And the ushers will get it to you. Miss Laura, Mr. Roland, some more, some more, some more. I'll tell you what, brother, when you can. Hallelujah. Thank God for this time together. Are there anybody else? Anybody else? You need the communion elements. Brother Roland. Ms. Laura, would you open that for me? The bread. And you know, we take this time, it's a holy time, it's a sacred time. We don't take it lightly. And we call this by many names. We call it what? The Lord's Supper. We call it communion. We call it the covenant meal. Now listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. The apostle Paul writes these words. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and we did give him thanks, he break it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do also in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this, ye as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death until it comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and a drink of that cup. Now we're going to partake of this. But the Bible tells us, first of all, let us examine ourselves. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves, to consider our ways. Let us cleanse ourselves. And where you are right now, we're, we're people of God. We're not to be sin conscious. We're to be righteous as conscious. But that's what you close your eyes and you say, Lord, Father, I examine myself, Lord. There are things that are there that ought not be, Lord. Cleanse me, wash me, purge me, oh God. Because I want to be everything you would have me to be. Everything you have me to be. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now we receive of the bread. And we receive the cup. No, as I hold up high the bread in my hand, in my heart, I'm holding up the bread of life, the Lord Jesus. His body, his body. The Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. Our Lord paid the price he was beaten. He was marred beyond recognition. He was wounded for us, his body. His body, his body. There's so many things that 
He purchased for us in the work of redemption. And I'm so thankful for everything he purchased. The full work of redemption. Because when his body was on the cross, one of the last words he said before he gave up the ghost was this. He said, it is finished. And I'm so thankful that we can partake of the bread which speaks so boldly of the body of our Lord. So let's receive the bread in the name of Jesus. And likewise, as we hold high the cup, it speaks of the precious blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And we've been redeemed, how the Bible tells us, with the precious blood of Jesus, our Lord, as of a lamb without spot or blemish. And we're so thankful for the blood. It's the blood of the new covenant, which is a better covenant established, but better promises. And because of his blood, guess what? We have a covenant with Almighty God. And the Lord said concerning this covenant, he said, I would never, I would never break my covenant with thee. We have a better covenant, the covenant of blood. And the Lord said this, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone from my lips. As we receive this, let's say to ourselves, we're so thankful for every precious drop of blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins that made a difference for me. Let's receive the cup. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.